This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Let the experts at Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it when you need great health care coverage at a price you can afford. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947 with Amy Wells. I'm Mike Keith. Welcome. Hi. It's been an interesting week. Oh, my gosh. Is anybody else just emotionally exhausted? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Um <laughs> Because so Monday hits after the Sunday game, which took everything in the world out of us. Holy smokes. I was exhausted. So Monday hits and the Derrick Henry news hits. And so then it immediately becomes, oh my goodness, what happens? A lot of the national media immediately goes all in on the Titan season's over and, you know, they, they can't recover from this. Right. So you're... Listening to medical experts talk about Derek's surgery, which happens on Tuesday, and could he be back in six weeks? Could he be back in six months? Could it be somewhere in between? Could he be back for the playoffs? Who knows? I thought Mike Vrabel did a great job in his Monday press conference immediately coming out and saying what was up. Yep. That was what Titans Nation needed more than anything else, is they needed the head coach to come up and say, Derek's out, he needs surgery, he's having it tomorrow, and we're going to work. Not because you want to lessen how much you care about Derek Henry, but you don't want to play with it, in my opinion. You don't want all of the national reporters putting out this story and keeping it going all day and leaving everybody wondering what the situation is. So he said it, and when he said it, he set it. Right. And he set the template in place about, okay, we have to move on. I thought what Ryan Tannehill said was good. We're not turning the page. We're moving forward. And that was a, that was a good thing. Tuesday hits, trade deadline. Right. Titans don't make a trade. No surprise. Because you have to believe that everybody who had a running back available called them and said, yeah, we'll trade you our third string running back for – a second, a fourth. I mean, the price had to be through the roof, right? It's like when you go to a restaurant and get a bottle of wine that you know is $12, and they say it's $85. Like, get out of here with that. Right. That's a good comparison, right. Mike. You're not biting, but I know that no, was No, that's good. exactly what happened. <laughs> it's an upcharge. Right. Well, the bottle of wine we buy at Costco was $60 at the restaurant the other night, and it's $18 right. at Costco. Right, exactly. So, don't, don't kid a kidder, Yeah, don't kid a kidder. Yeah. So – I go to Kroger Tuesday night, and my guy Wilson's in there. Oh, uh, yes. And Wilson, he always has to talk to me about the, you know, the trades. you got to get this guy. Why didn't we take this guy? And I looked at him, and I said, listen, this is a first-place team. Yeah. They're 6-2. and two. It's going to be okay. And he was really upset. He was like, why didn't we trade for this guy? Why do you want to take on people who can't help you and trade off your draft picks? When we've seen that the group who puts the team together has done a good enough job to get you to six and two at this point. Right. Right. You're right. You know, and so I was trying to convince him, and I think a lot of people are like Wilson right now. They're they're pretty jumpy because it's like, oh, you hear the narrative away from here. This team's gonna finish six and eleven, according to some people. It's insane. And, and you'd and, have to try really hard to finish six and eleven. At well this point. and, and I don't think everybody is that extreme. It feels like some people are because you get the hot take nation who wants to hit with the hardest thing. And, and then the other thing is the team's not going to make the playoffs. 
well, this team certainly isn't going to make the playoffs. Let, let me just give you OT people a fact here. We threw this out on Titans tonight with Keith Bullock, but I'm going to throw it out again. The Titans' win over Indianapolis was so huge on Sunday for this reason. This is just an example. If they win four of their remaining nine games, they finish 10-7. and seven. Yeah. To win the division over the Titans at that point, the Indianapolis Colts would have to go 8-1 and one the rest of the way. Hmm. Seems, seems extreme. Well, I told Jim Wyatt this this morning at the coffee machine, and he goes, I hadn't thought about it like that. But, the, but here it is, too. They've got the Jets, Jacksonville, at Buffalo, Tampa, at Houston, New England, at Arizona, Las Vegas, at Jacksonville. Now, it's certainly conceivable they can go 8-1. and one. They're a professional football team. They have a good coach, Frank Reich. They have a nice ball club. They can turn it around. They played the Titans off their feet on Sunday. I'm not demeaning the Colts, but they've got to go 8-1. and one. It seems if, unlikely. If the Titans only win four, they've got to go 8-1. and one. If the Titans win five, they've got to go undefeated. If the Titans win six, they win the division no matter what. So that's where that win was so huge on Sunday. And the mathematics that come into play at this point make it very unlikely that the Titans are completely out of the playoff picture. Because here's the thing. They finish 10-7 and seven and win the division. They got a home playoff game. Yes. They're in. Yes. That's how you get in the playoffs. You win the division. So, is this a big deal? Yes. It's a big deal. Yeah. Not having Derrick Henry is a big deal. Is it the end of the world? No. No. Did they need to sign 42 new players? No. 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 This game Sunday was going to be hard anyway. Yeah. This may be the best team in ball we're going to see on Sunday night. The Titans could have played their best game of the year and lost this one with Derrick Henry. Yeah, two things. You're 100% right. Thanks. This is not a catastrophe. Well, it's not. It's not great. It ain't great. You don't like it. It's not fantastic. Nobody is It's tickled. not fabulous, no. The world is not ending. The sky is not falling. Right. It's going to be okay. There's still a lot of football left to play. And you're 100% right. The Los Angeles Rams are a real team. Mm-hmm. So if the Titans go out on Sunday and don't get the result that we all want – it is not because Derrick Henry is gone but and we can't can, win a game. But you can see it coming. You can see it coming. I see, see it from here. You can see it coming from miles away because mm-hmm. it's Sunday night football. It's national TV. Yep. If it doesn't work out, Monday morning. Titans are doomed. D- done. Doomed. Done. Yep. But again, ladies and gentlemen, this is not analytics. This is just math. Yeah. I'm telling you mathematically, your team – by winning that game on Sunday, which looks even bigger now that the Derrick Henry thing has happened, your team won a huge game mathematically. Doesn't guarantee them anything, but the Colts now have a massive mountain to climb, and it can happen. Sure. I mean, anything can I'm happen. Not, I'm not ruling it out. Again, I'm not demeaning the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not saying that there's no way they can do it. I'm saying they got to get real hot, real hot, real fast. Because I don't think the Titans are not winning another game. No, I don't don't think I don't think the Titans are just winning four more games. But I'm just giving a a, sort of a baseline example. 
I think the Titans are winning on Sunday, but I'm crazy. Look at that. I'm I'm fired up about this team. I like, know you are. But you know the problem with playing these guys more than anything else other than Aaron Donald? I was going to say Aaron Donald. So Matthew Stafford. <sighs> the the biggest glow up of 2021. Oh, gosh. Ma- Matthew Stafford has to think that he died and went to heaven, right? He's living his very best life. I mean, so he's in this beautiful new stadium with this offensive coach, with Cooper Cup, who's the number one receiver in football statistically right now, and Robert Woods, who's really good, and several other guys, Van Jefferson, who's really good. He's got a really good defense. They're 7-1. and one. I mean, have you looked and at his – And he's living in California. He's living in California. Have you looked at his statistics? Not this morning. Okay. Matthew Stafford, I put my glasses on for this. Oh, so Matthew, he hasn't looked at them either. Matthew Stafford, no, I have to see them. You can't see them. He's the number two passer in the NFC behind Russell Wilson, who hasn't played in weeks. He's completing 69% of his passes. He's averaging 300 yards passing per game. 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, passer rating of 118. Well, that's fine. Uh, th- yeah, that's it's better than fine. I mean, that's let's face it, that's really good. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. It's reality. But that's really good. He's been sacked seven times in eight games. Now, what's he got to be thinking being sacked seven times? I mean, there were games where he was sacked seven times in a game at Detroit, and I bet that happened more than once. I was going to say, every time he gets sacked, he's like, oh, yeah, I am playing football. Yeah, I remember this. They can still tackle. Yeah, aha. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the really scary note on him statistically. In the fourth quarter, Matthew Stafford – has a 141.1 rating. Whoa. Yeah, remember, perfect is 158.3. Yeah, in the fourth quarter? In the fourth quarter. Now, they've been way ahead a lot this year. They've had several games that were routes. So he's only thrown 42 passes in the fourth quarter. But he's completed 32, which is 76%. 362 yards. Yards per attempt is 8.62. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's been great in the fourth quarter. But here's the stat that's more impressive to me. Matthew Stafford on third down has thrown 59 passes. He's completed 40, 626 yards, yards per attempt, 10.6. That's obscene. Yes. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. His passer rating on third down is 131. All right, that's fine. So he has been red, red hot. Yeah. Loving his life. Yeah, I mean, happy for the guy, but I hope uh, uh, I hope we sack him a couple times. Okay, that would work. The yeah. Titans have been getting pressure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, so let's learn more about the Los Angeles Rams from the voice of the Los Angeles Rams, talented young broadcaster. His name is J.B. Long, and I had a chance to visit with him earlier this week. Here is that on the OTP. Pleased to be joined by the voice of the Los Angeles Rams, J.B. Long. J.B., thanks so much for the time. It's nice to see you. I'm sorry, our paths don't cross more often, but uh, looking forward to hosting you in Inglewood this weekend. We're looking forward to being there. We're not looking forward to seeing Von Miller. Were you surprised that the Rams made the trade for the eight-time Pro Bowler from the Broncos? I'm always surprised when there is... uh cap room and picks available for the Los Angeles Rams to make something like this happen. But in the same breath, I should no longer be surprised because if I had a dollar for every time they went 
all in during my tenure with the team, uh, we'd both be retired right now uh, and and watching this game from a luxury suite rather than calling it from a booth. I think it's a sign of just how committed they are to winning now, winning always, um, but especially in this window where they have Aaron Donald in his age 30 season, a transcendent talent teamed with Jalen Ramsey um, and Leonard Floyd having a career season on the edge as well. Uh, I think they have the perfect mix of talent and urgency, and this is just the latest indication that they mean business in 2021. JB, from the outside, on paper at least, it doesn't seem like they necessarily need Von Miller. Mm. Where does he fit a need or maybe even add to a strength? I think it's a sound point. And as recently as these past couple of weekends, the edge rush has been as dynamic and productive as we've seen throughout the season, despite losing Justin Hollins, who was the starter opposite Floyd at the outset of the year. Um, Terrell Lewis, a nice talent out of Alabama, seems to have found the right mix of practice and, and pain management for his knee. He's been a nice bracket opposite Leonard Floyd, who we already mentioned. Obo Okoronkwo was coming on, even Jameer Jones a waiver claim from the Pittsburgh Steelers has been productive. Uh, but I don't think there's anything that mirrors the all-pro talent that a future Hall of Famer is capable of. And when you blend him in with the talent and the depth chart that the Rams already have, I think it has the potential to free up more favorable matchup than Aaron Donald has ever had really in his entire career. You've said Aaron Donald's name already twice and we weren't even talking about him. You should. Yep. He's absolutely that good. What has this year been like for this spectacular defensive lineman? And it's intentional. I think everything orbits around him defensively all the way up to the front level of management and how they think about this 2021 season in the context of his career. I think the Matthew Stafford trade going back to the first portion of the calendar points directly at Aaron Donald and doing everything they can to upgrade at the most important position in sports to make sure that Aaron Donald gets another chance or multiple chances um, to win a ring. Statistically, perhaps not his most productive year, at least not yet. He's been a historically slow starter in terms of racking up the sack count. Uh, but if you watch the tape and you see the opportunities that he generates for himself, despite not frequently getting rewarded with holding penalties on opposing offensive linemen, we call it the Aaron Donald effect. It goes back to the likes of Dante Fowler um, and plenty of others, including Leonard Floyd, who once they join forces with Aaron Donald and get those opportunities one-on-one -on, -one on the edge, inevitably have the best moments of their career. You know that Jalen Ramsey is from Middle Tennessee. I've actually watched him play football since he was in middle <laughs> school. He dominated then, and he dominates on the highest level uh, from your earlier indication, seems like it's all continuing for a guy who's now wearing number five. You know, he speaks so fondly of that region and still has um, that area of the country in his thoughts pretty continuously, both with his charity work and just a uh, topic of conversation. But Jalen, I think, has taken it to a, another level. Maybe it's just to my eye. Uh, but, Mike, I'll tell you, I was asked to compare him to Deion Sanders at one point during the course of this season in a way that he basically can just take away a side of the field. And while I appreciate the comparison and have great respect for what Prime did in his career, I don't think there is a comparison because Prime made business decisions, right? He was a coverage corner. Jalen Ramsey is a safety or outside linebacker, what they call the star position. He is a force in the running game. He blows up screen plays. He takes on pulling linemen in a way that I just think maximizes the physical gifts that he's been blessed with. And, you know, he was all pro last year. But I think his intentions are even deeper and more committed here in 2021. I, I think he senses that he's on the brink of something special and has delivered his best product so far.
Least surprising success after a move in the offseason was Matthew Stafford to the Rams. It, on paper, looked like it was going to fit perfectly. It seems to have done so. What has Stafford added to the Rams' offense that they did not have? I think he's unlocked the full capacity of Sean McVay's structure and playbook. And unfortunately, at the end of the Jared Goff era, you know, there were portions of that play sheet where the Rams either were unwilling or uncomfortable or unable to go. And when you see Van Jefferson taking the top off of defense, when you see Cooper Cup running routes at all three levels and leading the NFL in receiving, when you see Matthew Stafford be able to play from empty, to hang on in the pocket, to create off schedule once the play breaks down, these were all the types of things that the Rams offense was lacking the last couple of seasons, really since their run to the Super Bowl. They had to be letter perfect and the ecosystem around the quarterback had to be almost fully intact for them to get the results they were looking for. That's no longer the case. Matthew Stafford, for 12 years in Detroit, um, played with some nice pieces, don't get me wrong, but he made the most out of his circumstances. And now that those circumstances are as good as he's ever had as a professional, he is helping the Rams. And I also think the Rams are helping him to his best results. Why is Cooper Cup so effective? Hmm. Well, he's the second quarterback of the offense. I mean, he has an all 22 understanding of football, not just of the routes that he's running. Um, all the way back to the first training camp when he was a rookie, I saw him make an adjustment for a fellow receiver at the line of scrimmage. And it, it dawned on me like this guy has a next level comprehension of the structure, the intention, the design of at least offense football. And I think he's been able to maximize that because the supply channels are more available to him. Defenses are not sitting on his routes and, and able to commit resources to him the way that they might have been the last couple of seasons. He is improbably getting matchups against linebackers again. That's not something I would advise the Titans pursue or any other opponent this season. Um, but it really is a holistic deal right now. I mean, you talk about protecting with 11. Um, it's it's led to the, the lowest sack rate of Matthew Stafford's tenure. Um, he's on time. He's on target. And they've always been one of the best yards after catch offenses in the league. Um, and, and with the places that he's putting the football and the timing of those deliveries, um, I think that's part of the reason why Cooper Cup is thriving to say nothing of the work that he, of course, put in on his own time. You know, that sweat equity leading to a career season. Are the 2021 Los Angeles Rams the epitome of running back by committee? I would say maybe more so than they were in the Todd Gurley years when you would have seen them less. Although I do think Daryl Henderson is, is a clear number one. Um, Sony Michelle was someone who came over from New England in a last minute trade because the Rams were taking some bumps and bruises at that position group throughout the summer and leading into a new season. And he's been a nice veteran presence. His pass protection has been really sound. He always runs downhill and falls forward. Um, but there was even a hint last week from head coach Sean McVay that Cam Akers, who was slated to be the starting running back and really thrived in the second half of his rookie season a year ago, might be able to come back from an Achilles injury for the postseason should the Rams get there. So at that point, maybe you might see it become more of a by committee approach. But for now, I think it's Daryl Henderson's show and the Memphis product um, is really thriving with his best career opportunity for touches, both in the running game and the passing game. He caught a touchdown in the red zone last week against uh, Houston. What does Daryl Henderson do well in particular? Well, to start with pass protection, that's something where you have to earn Sean McVay's trust before you get on the field. And more so than ever before, he's put that on display. I mean, they put him up in that A-gap when they're in empty and trust him to, to pick up blitzing off-ball linebackers and has done really well in that regard. 
you know, he runs the traditional outside zone very well. He, he can be a one cut back. I think what's dynamic is the way he's been utilized in the screen game too. running flat routes, running those arrows, but also just when the rush does come after Matthew Stafford, sometimes he picks up the rush. Other times he, he circles through it and becomes a nice target out of the backfield. And it doesn't take him long to transition from catch to getting vertical. And, and I think seeing the screen game come back to life for this Rams offense is probably the element that, that I and we who cover the team have talked about not enough so far this season. The Rams don't seem to be a team with weakness right now. Is there mm. any concern overall that you have about this football team or that the staff has about this football team? Well, you're always uh, seven days away from humility in this league, and, and you know that as well as anyone. So while I'm obviously painting a rosy colored picture here, I, I think we're all aware of the challenge that this Sunday and every Sunday presents. The Rams have two games before their bye, you know, the, the one seed in the AFC, and then the division rival San Francisco, who's had their number uh, throughout the McVay tenure. And I know that's something they're anxious to get corrected. In terms of a dimension of their team, I'd point to two things. Special teams have done them a disservice the last couple of weeks, especially, and throughout this season. Um, they are not yet holding up their end of the bargain. And usually it's in kick coverage as much as anything, but you know, I'll leave that to your own research. It's, it's not been a strength aside from their punter and place kicker, let's just say. Um, and then the other thing would be stopping the run. And, and if Derrick Henry were at full strength and coming into SoFi Stadium, I think this would have been a glorious test for just how intentional can the Rams be about shoring up that element of their defense. Because if they get their offensive opportunities and their snap count up, they're going to be very tough to keep below 30 points, I think. But if you are that unique team that can keep the football away from them, that can shorten a game, that can move the chains and limit the number of opportunities that McVay and Stafford get, I think that's the formula to beating this team and beating this offense whether or not with Adrian Peterson or whomever um, the Titans are able to present, whether you can be as efficient as you have been um, in that regard, we look forward to seeing. But I think that's probably the the soft spot that maybe the Titans uniquely would have been able to exploit before the news of the week. Finally, uh, special Sunday night for the Rams. SoFi Stadium, full house, I would imagine. Uh, certainly, Unlike 2020, when we can't have people in the stadium, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a veteran Rams team stepping back onto the upper part of the NFL stage against the Titans team that's been off to a nice spot. Uh, when you're in Los Angeles, Hollywood, having these big moments is special as those franchises go. I would imagine pretty big night for the Rams Sunday night. Well, I think so. And wouldn't we both love it if it was a preview of what's to come in the final NFL game of this season? It's entirely possible. I'm sure it will be billed that way. Um, I hope the game lives up to the hype, but this is one that's been circled for quite a while for the Los Angeles Rams and maybe from the outside or even the inside, you might not think of it that way, but um, you know, here in the studio, we've got what are called the modern throwback uniforms that pay tribute to some of the greatest show on turf teams and the look of, of years gone by. And there's only three games where the Rams are going to wear those this season. They're all in prime time. The first was the opener at SoFi stadium. The first time that fans were allowed to be in the building against the Chicago bears, the next will be week 10 against the division rival 49ers, who I already mentioned. But because of their Super Bowl history, this was the other game that they chose. And the Sunday night spotlight played into that. But I think it's pretty cool that all those factors, all those elements are coming together uh, for this weekend's game in Inglewood. Guy does an outstanding job calling the Los Angeles Rams. J.B. Long, thank you so much for taking time with us. I appreciate the invitation. Have a great week and we will see you on Sunday. 
J.B. Long, outstanding young broadcaster, getting to uh, live his best life broadcasting the Los Angeles Rams right now. Yeah, that's not a bad gig. I want to throw out something that we've got coming up on the next Sunday, which is November 14th at Nissan Stadium. Titans are going to play the Saints. I ask you this question, have you cleaned out your closet recently and gotten rid of clothes you're probably never going to wear again? Last week. It's hard sometimes. You go through all that effort to clean them out and bag them up, but then you don't really know where to take them. They're in my attic. LG has sent a van on the road for the LG Second Life Tour. They're driving all around the East Coast to pick up your donated apparel and bring them to wash centers where they will sanitize them and begin distributing those upcycled garments to local beneficiaries. And they're coming to Nissan Stadium this Sunday, November 14th, for the Titans-Saints game. They'll collect your donated clothing, and you'll get a $10 voucher for concession stands. You'll get a vintage T-shirt and some special Titans swag in return. If you're not able to go to the game, but you're in the Nashville area, no worries. You can show up with your gently worn textiles, and the LG van will take them off your hands. You can still come to support your team and your community even if you're not going to the game. So if you're attending Titan Saints or if you're just in the area, come by the LG Second Life Tour and donate your clothes that you're never going to wear again to help someone else. I'm doing that. I've got five bags. I'm going to do that too because this is the part where you have to switch out your closet. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. You've got to transition from the summer to the winter And I went through and just, there was a lot of stuff that I had to get real about myself. You're not putting that on ever again. That's just not going to happen for you. So pulled it off. But the good news about that is oftentimes you give away a couple things you need, which means you give yourself the freedom to go get something else. Oh, yeah. I'm going shopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will replenish in no time. Yes. Don't even worry about it. It's uh, I've got a call in to my friends at Johnston Murphy. I need some new sweaters. Is that right? It's happening. You've reached out to them? <laughs> you know, I just, I try the, and take care the of them. The J&M things. peeps? The best sweaters in all they the land. They are, and the best shoes. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Nashville made, our friends uh, at Genesco, Johnson & Murphy. Okay, number one question since Tuesday. What does Adrian Peterson look like? My stock answer is he looks like Adrian Peterson. He sure does. Very similar to Adrian Peterson. It looks just like him. But I know what they mean. And... You know, there there are many people wondering, does Adrian Peterson fully take over the Derrick Henry role? Well, number one, he's not on the active roster yet. Right. He's got to be called up to the active roster. So how he finishes the week in practice will determine that. Right. Same thing for Deontay Foreman. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, we would anticipate that one or both will be on the active roster Sunday night for Los Angeles, but... Watching him work, he, I mean, he looks like he's in very good condition. Yeah, it's very similar to having Julio Jones come in this summer where you're kind of like, what is this going to be? What is this going to look like? And then you kind of have to get over the initial shock of, that's Adrian Peterson. That's like, Adrian. That's, that's then, really him. And then he's standing there with Julio Jones. It's like being in a Pro Bowl. Like, it's very <laughs> confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but fantastic. And it's really exciting. And watching these guys work is really cool because you see how, like, I mean, 
the pros pros like when you think about professional football those are the names that you think about right away and so watching them work has been very exciting it's an exciting thing it's a big name it's something that I think Titans fans are fired up about is he going to come in and do exactly what Derrick Henry did no but is he going to be able to help this football team we sure hope so well he doesn't have to do it all Mm -mm. and because I think Foreman is a guy that can help I think McNichols is a guy who can do more. Dontrell Hilliard is an interesting player that, you know, could factor into this somehow. We'll see. There may be somebody else out there. One of the fullbacks could end up factoring in in different ways. You can certainly run fly sweeps to the wide receivers. The quarterback has legs. I think it's going to take everybody to get the running game to where it balances enough to be able to do what the Titans' offense wants. And certainly it's not going to be one guy carrying the ball 35 times. No. Those days are done. Well, maybe once. You know. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it could happen one time. But I don't think that's going to be the strategy for as long as Derrick Henry is out. I think it's going to be a blend, and they're going to have to be creative. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having more of a running back by committee strategy. A lot of teams do it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We, as Tennessee Titans watchers, are a little spoiled by just having this running back who has been able to shoulder basically the entire load of the run game. Well, he has, yeah. But that's not that's not typical. That is not what normally happens. So when you have a lot of people involved in the run game, that is not indicative of a problem. That is indicative of a different strategy that helps to divide everything up. Well, we've seen the Colts do it effectively. We've seen the Broncos at different times do it effectively. Certainly the Patriots have done it effectively for years. I mean, more teams do it that way then do it the way the Titans have been doing it with Derrick Henry. Right. What the Titans have been doing is unusual. Very much so. And I think that, again, you get spoiled watching that and thinking, oh, Derrick Henry will do it. I mean, people – remember at the beginning of the season, people were mad he wasn't getting enough carries. Right. Which is crazy cakes. Like, that's it, – it, it's a lot for one person. So, being able yeah, to Yeah, that now, was in a game where he had 30 carries. Yeah. They're like, why wasn't he in more? Yeah, why wasn't he in more? What in the world? Because uh, yeah, so what he needed to do was handle the ball 60 times. No. Yeah. Just give it to Derrick Henry every time. Okay. So, let's wrap this up. This is Thursday – and the OTP. It is. Tomorrow is the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. What's on that? The Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast is going to be filled with a lot of things. As we are heading out to California, we're heading back to uh, Hollywood Coach Mac's old stomping grounds a little bit. So we're going to we're going to get uh, a little primer of how to be Hollywood when we're out in California. And then we're also going to be talking to uh, James Laurinaitis. Oh. So he uh, played for Coach Mac, so we get a lot of Mac. Animal son. We get a lot of Mac coaching stories. We get a, a lot of animal advice that has been passed down. It's a good one. I'm very excited about it. I learned a lot of things about Coach Mac okay. in our conversation with James Laurinaitis. So the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast hits on Fridays if you're not subscribing and you're an OT person. Yeah. You're part of the OT people. You need to be part of that group as well. If you're if you're part of the OT people, you also need to be part of the one million listeners. Wow. 
the one million listeners. It's an approximate number. Is that right? Yeah. You're not you're not putting your hand on a Bible when you uh, claim we're, that. We're guesstimating that there's roughly. Is Coach <laughs> Mac doing Coach Mac things and he's, saying one million people? He's doing Coach Mac things, and so we are. We want people to be part of the the one million. Our one million listeners. Nice. That's yeah. great. So come on in. There's room for you in the It's count. really good. You guys are really doing a good job with oh, it. it appreciate is very, that. It is very entertaining and very fun. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a nice addition to what the Titans are doing as far as their podcast family, so to speak. Coach Mack has been, I mean, doing Coach Mack things every single week. And he does such a great job of really pulling back the curtain to the entire National Football League. So let me ask you a question. Did you really interview Mean Joe Green yesterday for a future Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast? Why, we sure did. Wow. We did do that. I'm telling you, we sit around at meals and just talk, and he tells a story, and someone somewhere goes – that you person get, should be on a you podcast. You got to get that person so on a podcast. So and so should be on a podcast. Mac pulls out his phone, dials a number, and there they are. There they are. And they're just having a conversation. It's the craziest thing. Like I can't. I have yet to encounter a name that we yell out well, that we, he doesn't dial up and just call him. Well, when we said he needed a podcast, the the reason is he is the most interesting man in the NFL. Yep. I mean, there is. There is absolutely no question that Dave McGinnis is the most interesting man in the NFL for who he knows. He is the Kevin Bacon of the NFL with the six degrees. Yep. There yep. is nobody that he hasn't come in contact with or has a connection to. It's phenomenal. It's crazy. And it's uh, – I mean, my mind is consistently blown doing this because the people that he just calls up and talks to or I'll be reading an article and he's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Let's get him on the podcast. Well, <laughs> the, It's like the people okay. who come walking in our booth. He's like – Insane. He's like, you know Terry Bradshaw here, don't you? Like, no. I mean, but <laughs> We've never met. <laughs> uh, but, but he knows all <laughs> of these people. It's like when Cheryl Crow came walking into our booth before the Monday night game with mm -hmm. Buffalo – which was one of the all-time greatest thrills I've ever had in this job. Yes. Well, he immediately knew her. Yeah. They knew each other from years yeah, back. Yeah, they had a connection. They didn't really know each other, know each other, but within four minutes, they they had they had put all these people together, and then and now I'm sure he texts her he at home. He texts her all the time. Yeah, yeah, or she texts him, and and you know, but that's that's such a Coach Mac thing. If you if you listen to him on the radio and you listen to him on the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast and you think, is he really like this? The yes. answer is yes. Yes. It is wild being around him. It's crazy. And this podcast has only exacerbated the craziness because we've really been in, able to dive into some of this stuff. And you know who sponsors the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast? Well, Mike, why don't you tell us? It's the same people who sponsor the outstanding OTP, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. 
Long pregame for you and Rhett Bryan Sunday night starting at 6 Central, 720 kickoff. Lots on that pregame? Lots on the pregame. We've got some extra time. so we're Are you really talking to Mike Dettelier? We are talking to Mike Dettelier. We're going to give you a little, uh, little draft preview so that you know who you need to be paying attention to as the college football you, season wraps you've up. You've got to ask him who the top quarterback is because there is no Trevor Lawrence in this group. Have you been reading my notes, Mike? No. Okay. Because you just read my mind then. And you're sitting down with Kevin Byard and Harold Landry today, too. We are working you to death. Mike, I'm exhausted. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very tired. Yes, Kevin Byard, Harold Landry, we've got to talk some defense. I mean, this Titans defense has been playing just lights out. We got to talk about it. All right, so we're gonna that's let, today. We're going to let Amy Wells go because she is so busy. I'm so tired. She is so tired. Remember, Fridays, the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast. Subscribe. Say nice things, write your congressman, whatever you want to do. But All of just those tell things. everybody you know. Take out an ad in the newspaper and just let everybody know you enjoy it. Yeah. And then uh, Titans Radio, 6 o'clock Sunday night. That's Central Time with Titans Countdown. Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan, 720 kickoff. Dave McGinnis and me, Mike Keith, for Titans and Rams. Lots that we've covered on this edition of the OTP. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for joining us for the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee. Making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.